wonderful, wonderful atmosphere this morning. Don't you enjoy just being in the presence of the Almighty God? Just being able to worship Him, being able to praise Him, being able to rejoice in His goodness and in His mercy means so much this morning. You may be seated. I'm going to say just a few things this morning before we get into the message and celebrate the Lord within this place. It is a privilege to be at Greater Life this morning and to be able to share with our good friends. And I do say good friends because we've journeyed together through a lot of things and the Lord's blessed us and kept us. And for that, I give God praise and glory for. I can still remember where I first met your pastor. He was the assistant of the church that I attended. And that was one of the first places that we met. And since then... We've shared in ministry and shared in what life would bring, and the Lord has been so great in every single one of us. One of our greatest joys is to see how God has blessed His ministry. Aren't you thankful for what the Lord has done through His ministry and His wife and family within this church today? What a blessing it truly is. So I want to honor them this morning. I want to honor your pastor for the friend that he truly is and then also as a presbyter within our district itself and honor him for that. And also all the Hughes family. Uh, one of them came to me and said, you know I'm still your elder. Don't worry, that wasn't Brother Hughes' pastor. Yes, they may be, some of them might be my older, most of them are my younger. I remember a time when I was... Uh, Brother James Hughes and I were at Texas Bible College together, and I remember we went on a long trip to Israel. I'll never forget, we were so away from our wives, and back then they didn't have cell phones. Oh yeah, there was a time they weren't existing. <laughs> How we made it, I don't know. But I remember I spent probably about $90 calling my wife from Israel. Just so we could talk, but I wasn't near as bad as Brother James Hughes. Amen. <laughs> so don't let that get back to him. He might never forgive me for it. But it is a joy to be here this morning, to be able to share with so many great people. This is a great church doing great things for God, and I honor every individual in this building today. Some of you have been lifetime friends for us. Some of you were there with my wife when she didn't have anyone to carry her to church, and you carried her. And so today I honor you that are in this building and will always honor you with everything in my life. I sat this week praying and searching for what God wanted to do. And since I'm no longer pastor, I get a whole lot of time just praying and searching. And we were the past week in San Antonio. We traveled just about every weekend ministering out. And it is such a blessing to be able to do that and to share with pastors and with churches and as I prayed, God laid something on my heart, and I'm going to try to share that this morning. I've never preached it anywhere in any church, so it's a new message. It may be old to you, but it was new to me. And when God began to deal with my heart, it was just a thought that came within my mind. I did not know what was happening within the thought, except it was there. And the longer that I prayed with it this week, the more that the thought began deeply to deal with my soul and with my spirit. So if you have your Bibles and would turn with me to the writings of Psalms chapter 63, we'll be looking at verse 1 through 8 and then one more 
verse of scripture there are found in, I, in Isaiah chapter 35 and verse number 6. To the many that we've been privileged that are here now, I think you're sitting under a great pastor. And I think you're doing a great job. Keep up the good work. I honor you today. You were a blessing in my life when I was privileged to pastor you. And I know that you will be a blessing in theirs. And I honor you for that today. Psalm 63 and verse number 1. O God, thou art, and I want you to note the words, my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy love kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee, thy right hand upholdeth me. And then to Psalm, Isaiah, excuse me, chapter number 35 and verse number 6, if you want to turn there. Isaiah 35 and 6. The Bible just simply says these words. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. And look what it says next. For in the wilderness shall water break out, and streams in desert Streams in the desert. Would you put your Bibles down together and let's go to the Lord and worship and in praise today. And let's ask the Lord to truly define and touch and heal and deliver and move today within this building. Dear Lord, we thank you for your love and the preciousness of your spirit. We're thankful for your goodness and for your mercy, Lord. For the privilege that we have to worship and to praise thee and to honor and to lift you up. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Touch our hearts and touch our lives. We're praying in the precious name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Why don't you clap your hands and praise to God. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, brother and sister Hughes. God bless you. You may be seated. As we begin, my hope and prayer has been throughout this week that God would grant us a very deep move of His Spirit and a deep moving of His love. I feel God has truly placed this in my mind. I shared with you just a moment ago of how it was a simple thought that came in prayer and came in meditation. Then it became more. The more I meditated on it, the more I prayed on it, it began to build and speak into my spirit streams in desert places. Some may remember the book called Streams in the Desert. It was written by a lady named L.B. Cowan. Letty, as she was known by her close friends, wrote the book in 1925. Her and her husband were pioneer missionaries to Japan and the church in China in 1901 through 1917. 
during which times they founded the Oriental Missionary Society. Out of it, Miss Cowan's experiences, and she said her heartbreaks, came the book. It spoke of storms, and yet in them, streams that were found, and how they did so often flow deeply within her life. In 1995, Jim Ryman was asked by Zondervan to do an updated, revised children's edition of the book, Streams in the Desert. What Zondervan did not know at the time they made the call was that Jim was sitting in the intensive room with his son, Aaron. He was his second son. Aaron was found in a park, clamoring and crying out for help. And a good Samaritan had heard the cry and the plea and called 911. Though facing dark days ahead, Jim said the timing of the call was a perfect time. It was the updating and revision within the book, he said, that gave him what he needed during the trying times of the month and the year ahead that faced he faced in his son's recovery. Here are his words. He said, I have seen this timing as sovereign. I want you to understand, everything that God is involved in is a sovereign move of the Almighty God. We're never in accidents when it comes to God working in our life. But God does things purposely within our life. Whatever you're facing, God has a purpose within it. Clap your hands and praise Him for that. Come on, do you believe that? I believe it! I've seen this timing as sovereign, not coincidental. As I have worked on this book, God ministered to me in mighty ways, meeting me at the point of my own personal needs. How many times does God minister into our life? And when we think we're gathering it for others, uh, he's actually bringing it to our own, very own being. Uh, You see, God wants to be involved. Uh, You see, God desires to be involved. Uh, He's not just sitting on a throne uh, somewhere in the far forevers. Uh, God is right by you uh, right now, moving on behalf of your need. Come on, clap on again. We need to celebrate the fact that God is near us. He finished it with these words. He said, I trust the insights into God's word that they will be a stream in the desert to you during your difficult times of your life. He said it was this very book that changed him. I remember pastoring, my first pastorate was in the city of El Campo, Texas. There was a young lady that was a young convert, brought me that book and handed it to me and had written a note inside of it, understanding that she wanted to bless her pastor. I read that book from cover to cover, oftentimes using it in devotional paths of life. And I found it to be a powerful book. Because it brought one thing forward, the Word of God. If there's anything that we need during trying times, we need the Word of God deep down within our heart. There's nothing the Word of God cannot conquer. 
It can conquer anything. It can destroy anything. It can come against anything. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. It's a powerful word. There's one more thing about the book that I want to share. Letty wrote something in the preface herself and it highlighted everything that I felt God was speaking to me as I prayed. She wrote these words. In the pathway of faith, we come to learn that the Lord's thoughts are not our thoughts. Someone say amen. She went on to write in his ways are not our ways. Both in the physical and spiritual realm, great pressure means great power. Although circumstances may bring us into the place of death, that need not spell disaster. For if we trust in the Lord and wait patiently, that simply provides the occasion for the display of His almighty power. What she wrote is saying a truth and speaking into our heart. Anything that comes our direction is not for our demise. But everything we face and have to go through, God is giving us a place to display the awesome, mighty power he has in his arsenal. There's no one more powerful or more able than God to do that, which we have come to know as right and as good. So in this service, by the help of the Lord, I want to speak about streams which are found in desert places. I'm going to share for a while the very thoughts of David and what he had to write concerning in 63 Psalms and the verses that are written there. The things that David said were the special places in his heart that brought him a face-to-face Move within the madness of the almighty God. David wanted us to understand we have special places uh, that God has presented us with. I don't know where they're at in your life, but I have them within mine. But to understand those precious places, we've got to recognize in Job chapter 1 what it says. And all the way to Job chapter 14. Every one of these verses are revealing a truth. Job had much. He lost much. But then the Bible tells us in that 14th chapter, hey, we're just born to trouble. We're going to have trouble. It's going to exist within our life. He cometh. The Bible speaks like a flower. And he cuts down. He fleeth like a shadow and continueth not. Trouble was just part of man's life. Man will be here for a while, then suddenly he's gone. We've got to recognize trouble will be part of our existence here upon this earth. In recent years, we have seemed to emphasize and see this truth proven. Never would we have believed we would see what's taking place within our lives. So many have been affected and, and altered and changed by the many things that have taken place in the past years. We find we live, never as we have before, but it seems as if it is an uncertain world. Everywhere we turn, people are trying to figure it out, put the pieces together, 
come up with some conclusion of what life will be back in the coming years itself. We find that fear and anxiety is escalating to new heights as people are destroyed over what's taking place. Everybody's talking about the rise in prices and now suddenly the war that is taking place overseas. There seems to be an unstableness, not just in our country, but in every country that surrounds this entire world. It is leaving families ravaged and frustrated. And I want you to understand, destroying the complexity of how we live. You might as well say it, welcome to the new norm. The world around us is changes. It's changing constantly. We see ourselves with less laughter and with less joy. Life has moved into a new dimension, a dimension of uncertainty. And I feel that most in this building know this truth to be existent. But we don't have to be without joy and peace and fullness in the Holy Ghost. While the world flutters and and feels anxiety, we can have complete peace in the fact that we know the peacemaker today within the building. We don't have to be frightened. Let me tell you, most of you know that I worked in the world for some length of time. As a pastor, I worked. I heard things in meetings that were not to be said. I was called to the White House. I've been in places and, and heard People speak about things that they were demanding to be brought within the world. I've heard of one world currency. I've heard of things that even the presidential chief of staff had to say at one meeting. Everything's a strange and things are changing so quickly. I sat in a meeting this past week and a question was asked of me. What do you think about what's happening right now and what's taking place concerning Russia? My words to them is this. This isn't all there is. What's happening, there's a new positioning taking place in the world by countries uh, that are within it. Uh, You don't recognize we are nearing the coming uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, We can't sleep the sleep. Uh, We've got to be prepared. Uh, Everything is getting ready. uh, And God's trying to tell us, uh, hey, uh, light the lamps. Uh, Keep them burning. Uh, Keep them trimmed. Uh, Keep them ready. Why? We're about to leave the world. The trump is about to sound. Do you believe it? Come on, praise him. We're getting ready to get out of here. I feel like praising him again. I feel like praising him like I'm leaving right now. I feel like exalting him right now. I feel this is why we find the Bible so important in the day in which we're living. In each and every page, we find the willingness of Jesus to step exactly where we're at. We see him so willing and desirous to supply not just one need, but every single need that we have. The many stories found in the Gospels and in the Old Testament are exactly what I'm speaking about. I remember turning to the man that met Jesus at the coast of Gadaree. And when he arrived 
in that Gadarene area, the Bible said Jesus stepped onto the shore and immediately a man, demonic possessed, met him on that seaside. And the minute that that man met him, the man immediately fell at the feet of Jesus Christ. It tells me something about our desire and what it can do for our hearts. Here is a man filled with legions of demonic spirits. I mean, they're leaning on him everywhere in his spirit and in his life. But even they were incapable of keeping him from kneeling uh, when he needed to kneel. And because he worshipped him, the dimension of his worship was the dimension of his deliverance. If you want deliverance in the building this morning, uh, you've got to be ready to kneel uh, and to worship him. And according to your worship uh, is how your deliverance uh, will be dimensioned into your life. We don't just need a normal service. Uh, we need the dimension of the Almighty to take control in this building uh, and deliver us uh, from everything that we're facing. Wave your hands uh, to a living God. I'm going to worship him. How much do you want? How deep do you want to go? How much do you want to have? You want a little bit? Worship a little bit. But if you want a lot, don't let hell sit you down. Don't let hell call and say, this is how it's going to be. Let me tell you, that man emptied hell out of his life that day. You want to do some emptying today, this is where to do it at, in worshiping God. The enemy don't have the power to retain your worship. He can't even keep you from kneeling or dancing in the spirit. He's powerless. Your worship makes him powerless. Your praise makes him powerless. I feel it stirring in this building right now. I feel the enemy shaking in his boots. I feel God doing something in this place. I feel a dimension of eruption in this building. Praise him just a few more moments. I don't want to get in too big of a hurry. Somebody's being liberated this morning in the Holy Ghost. Somebody's life's being changed right now because you're in another dimension. Get in that other dimension. Lose yourself in that dimension. I'm not going till I feel a release in the spirit. Mm. Reach over and pray for somebody right now. If they'll let you. Be respectful to them. But it's time we break out into new dimensions in this building. 
I want to put the devil way back in the back. I want to move him outside the building. I want to move him out of the parking lot. I want to move him on down the road. I want God to break loose in this building. I'm ready for his will to be accomplished in your life. This isn't just another service. This is God's service speaking to deliver and heal your life. I'm telling you, it's moving right now. You want a miracle, you need to get it. You need to loose yourself to that dimension of a miracle. Hear me, greater life. This is just the start of what God's going to bring in your new dimension of worship. This is just the beginning of how God's going to rock this area. It's just the beginning of what God's going to do for greater life, for your pastor, his wife, for the assembly that's gathered here. You wanted a miracle God came to bring you. I'm not saying it out of doubt, and I'm not saying it out of fear. I can say it in faith in Jesus Christ. Come on. Come on, get in that dimension where God finalizes what you need in your life. There's a new dimension here. 
Uh, my, my, my. Come on, church. I'm not through yet, and I know I'm not. But I can't intervene where God's at. As you pray, let me tell you something. Just keep worshiping. Just keep praying. I was reading a book recently, and in that book it said these words. By definition, faith is sometimes just acting a little crazy. Sometimes you've got to get out of the norm. Sometimes you've got to get out of that position of where you're at and step out into a little bit crazy area of living. God wants to give you something. Are you ready for it? Get a little bit crazy as you lift your hands. Get a little bit of it just going through your life. I don't care what I look like. I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to get into another dimension in my praise where God can bring me what I need in the Holy Ghost. There you go. Come on. God's doing it right now. God's moving it right now. God's working deliverance right now. Why do I feel it breaking loose? Oh, it's the glory of the Lord in this place right now. Ah, oh, is he walking through this building right now? God touching, God moving, God healing. I'm declaring it in the building, God healing, God touching. I said, I'm declaring it in the building. God healing. God touching. Because you stepped into the dimension the Spirit called you into. My, 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 my Lord touch. My, my, my Lord move. Come on, greater life. God's called you to bring this church into a deeper dimension. God's called you to bring it to a deeper faith. God's called you to bring it to a deeper move. God called with the purpose of meeting the need that's there in your life. Yeah, God, finish your work. Come on, church. Thank you, Lord. Come on, just a few more moments. Just a few more minutes in the presence of the Almighty God in this particular place. A few more moments letting God feel, letting God heal, letting God bless. Letting God take over and change a life.
letting God do the impossible. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on, it's your dimension of worship that'll speak it right now. That's it, come on. Come on. Come on, right now. Get in that other dimension with him right now. Just what happens when you get in that dimension, you'll see it like you've never seen it before. My blessed Lord, thank you, Jesus. Come on, church, just a moment more. I know what the Lord is doing. We're there bringing it to the right place for the right moment for God to do. Thank you, Lord.
Come on, church. The Lord's touching people. They're in the front repenting right now. God's moving in their heart. They're weeping over that repentance. God's shaking their soul and reshaping their life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to give it one more moment, one more minute. Then I want to finish what the Lord has placed in my spirit. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. One more minute. Come on. We're about to that minute. Thank you, Lord. I just don't want to go too soon when the Lord's finalizing his touch. Why don't you sit down right where you're at, close near a pew, and just keep praying with them just for a few moments and let me finish what the Holy Ghost, I believe, wanted to bring to this church. And I'm not going to keep you long, Brother Hughes. Didn't give me a time. He just said preach. But I would honor anything he said, and he'd come tug on me for time to stop. There are four things that David said in Psalms 63, verse 1 through 8, that stuck out in my mind. Within that set of Psalms, David listed four personal identities concerning what God had given him in those desert places. The four things are found in verse 1, verse 5, verse 6, and verse number 7. The first thing David says is he called him my God. He talked about God being something personal and personally involved in his life. That God just was just there when he called him to be there. But the personal relationship means that he literally lived with God every day of his life. It was a daily walk. It was a daily presence. It was a daily move of God's spirit. God daily dealt with David in precious and wonderful places in his life. I can remember places in mine and you can remember places in yours where God became my God. Hello. You see, God doesn't just state He's your God. He personally has to become your God. And for Him to become your God, you've got to have personal experiences with Him. Somebody shout amen. Oh, my. It's not just reading the Bible and saying, oh, He's my God. It's not just saying, well, I pray today, He's my... No, it's where you have a personal place with God, that God has given you and walked in there with you and celebrated it with you and blessed you with it and given it to you so that whenever you get to certain places, you can go to my God. You can reach my God. You can worship my God. You may have a my God, but I got a my God also.
wish they had never been invented clocks. Everyone say it with me. My God. Say it with me. Personal places that he became my God. Just lift your hands for a moment in that thought. Just say it as you lift your hands, thinking about all those places. You remember them right now? You remember the joy they brought? You remember how God moved? You remember the prayer he answered? You remember the way that he moved? And David was saying, when I started thinking about those things, there was water breaking out in the middle of a desert. He's in a wilderness fleeing from Absalom. Absalom is going to take his life as he's already taken his throne. And that's his daddy. But David said, I want you to understand, when I got in the wilderness and I started thinking about, my, 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 my God. Say it with me, my God. Turn around to somebody and say, my God. Clap your hands to him again. Let me say this. Even in my wilderness, I can have my God. Even in my worst place, I can have my God. Even in cancer, I can have my God. Even with a heart attack, I can have my God. Even in a car wreck, I can have my God. You still with me? Amen. I'm preaching fast now. The second thing David said was a personal identity of him with God, and that was he said, my soul. Not only do I have my God, but I got my soul. I've got a personal place that God abides in. When I want to see the glory of the Lord, sometimes I just turn into my soul and I magnify and worship and praise him and bless him. David used a term when he had indicated my soul. And David talked about two things that God does when it comes to his soul. He talked about what God satisfied it with, morrow and fatness. I don't have to explain what fatness is. Go ahead and laugh. I'm laughing with you. Hallelujah. Praise God. It don't take much to get that way. Just take some cinnamon candy. Amen. (laughs) Just take some good chicken fried steaks with cream gravy. French fries or mashed potatoes, even with gravy on both. Hallelujah. Praise God. And a warm, hot roll with homemade strawberry jelly. Woo! Fatness. But David said, my soul is satisfied by two things. God doesn't give me just a little bit. He gives me the fatness of everything that he has for my life. 
My soul is fat. I'm fed daily by the presence of the almighty God. Give me some more, God. Give me another day with you, Lord. Give me another moment, Lord. Give me a time with you right now. Are you ready for your moment of a daily experience with God? I don't have time to preach. All musicians come. I want to talk about the last thing in that two things about the soul. Morrow and fatness. I knew you, like me, we could understand easy what eating does to your life. But can you feature what sitting down and eating of the Lord does for your soul? Reading the Word of God. Praying the Word of God. Walking the Word of God. It's not a smorgasbord table at a particular time. You have a table set before you in the presence of your enemies. And God's saying, come on. And like David, you can say, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord. Fatness forever. Fatness. Don't you go around with a dry, skinny, dried up soul. You need to let your soul be bursting, empowered by the fullness of the God Almighty. Don't get a little bit of God in your soul. Get it till there's no crevice left up until your cup is running over in the blessings of the Lord. Are you ready for more blessings? Do you want more deliverance? Do you want more healing? The final thing David said was moral in that particular setting. Satisfied with moral. Now, I'm not a doctor. Praise God, I didn't go to school that long. For you that did, I honor you. Excellent. But for us who didn't, we got encyclopedias. Hallelujah, praise God. So I said, God, I want to understand this. And I prayed about it. When God put this thought in my mind, I, I got it one morning. I said, okay, I had a great thought, Lord, and I'm going to go on and find what you want me to preach. And so I'd get to moving around the house and praising God and get my wife in another room. And I'm having a time in Jesus Christ. And I retired and I'm the best dishwasher in town. Hallelujah. But here's what I've found that when I begin to look at fatness and Mara, why the two, David? What were you trying to say? And one was how full and how your soul can take on other dimensions and how it can be stretched in the Lord. But the Mara is totally different. In that sense, David is speaking of the health of the soul. Mm, do I feel the Holy Ghost just moving? David said, Lord, you fill me up with the fatness and you, Lord, bless me with health in my soul. Moral 
carries oxygen by producing the cells that allow it to be fed throughout your body. Marrow retains platelets to keep you from bleeding out when there's a cut that comes upon your body. Marrow fights two things, bacteria and fungus in your body. When you get a place in your body, you need to fight. You need to go down and say, God, I'm going to pray right now from my soul. And I'm going to ask God to release the platelets and the marrow and the cells needed to destroy the bacteria and the fungus. Come on, I'm talking about it. And now, not only do you need that physically, but sometimes when you're going through something spiritually, you need to get down and say, God, I'm about to release uh, and get rid of this enemy fungus, uh, this enemy bacteria, and I'm about to break loose like I've never broken loose before because God's going to heal me with the marrow he's placed uh, in my life. I'm telling you, God put marrow in your body. And God put marrow in your soul. God put healing in your soul. You don't have to worry if you'll be healed. You can rise up and lay hold of it and hold on to it. Because God gave you marrow in your soul to be released when you're going through something in your body. Come on, stand with me throughout the building. Worship Him throughout the building. Praise Him throughout the building. Some of you need to dance because of what you have. Some of you need to shout. Some of you need to swirl in the presence of the Almighty God. You need to release what God has given you in your heart. Every miracle needed, come on right now to the front. Every miracle that's needed in this building, come on. As they're coming, sing the chorus real lightly, if you would, please. I am living. Come on. My God is on the Come on, come on. Come on. There's nothing that He can't do. You hear me? There's fatness in your soul right now. Come on, God wants you to draw from that fatness. 